It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne. That's right, Lou. You pump it up. There was Ozzy on that stage, remember? 12,000 fans. I mean, they were absolutely salivating when Ozzy took that bat in his hand and bit off the head of a bat and didn't catch rabies. He should have died right on the spot. Die, Ozzy, die! But against all odds, he survived. And look at what happened recently. He was diagnosed with deep postpartum depression. Yeah, yeah, I know it's only supposed to be for women, but what the hell nowadays? You can be a woman if you want to be. All you have to do is announce it, Lou. I'm a woman. So why can't a man, if a man can be pregnant, right? Why can't a man suffer from postpartum depression? By the way, he also had multiple surgeries, two staph infections, Parkinson's disease, probably monkeypox before there was monkeypox. He was a petri dish for everything wrong in a human being medically and psychologically. And let's not forget, when he appeared on that reality show with his uh, witchy wife, wifey will call her Sharon, my God. When I think of Sharon Osborne, what do I think of? I think of Kathy Bates. I think of Sybil. But anyway, that MTV reality show, The Osbournes, where we couldn't understand what the hell he was mumbling, they had to have subtitles underneath them, right? Well, Ozzy, after his life was saved in Los Angeles, has decided he's had it with America. That's right, Lou. He has announced that he isn't paranoid, but he is afraid of America. And he has been looking at billboards throughout Los Angeles and San Francisco, paid for by pretty boy Gus Newsom, governor of California, who wants to run for president on the Democratic line over my dead body, Gus. But he's paid for billboards with tax dollars out of Sacramento that say the following. Don't leave. Don't move to Texas, home of Uvalde and other mass shootings. So I guess in his paranoid, schizophrenic way, after dropping some really deep acid, Ozzy Osbourne has decided he's had it with America. Meantime, 
let's face it, what would he have been more afraid of? The mass shootings in Texas, Uvalde, El Paso, or the daily carnage in L.A., the city that he lives in, the drive-by shootings, the smash and grab robberies, and the home invasions, right? He didn't even mention that. No, 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 no. So good riddance. This 73-year-old guy who's lucky to be alive is moving back to England to join his wifey, Kathy Bates, and a combination of Sybil. He goes, everything is effing ridiculous here in America. I'm fed up with people getting killed every day. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings. And there was that mass shooting in Vegas, remember, at that concert where over 100 were shot and many killed? It's effing crazy. This is what he said. This is what he said, Black Sabbath fans, heavy metal headbangers, ball fans from MTV days. I don't want to die in America. I don't want to be buried in effing forest lawn next to the pedophile on a pedestal, Michael Jackson. Well, I added that last one. But anyway, the point being is he's out of here. And then Sharon Osborne, his uh, wifey, his witchy wifey, as I said, she's a combination of Kathy Bates and Sybil. She says, oh, America has changed so drastically. It isn't the United States of America at all. Nothing united about it. It's a very weird place to live right now. Is she crazy? Yes. She's going back to the land of Boris Johnson. They just sacked him as the prime minister. And she's calling us crazy? Hey, enough already. Get out of here. We don't need you. Go back to the Union Jack. That's why we had a revolution. Ozzy Osbourne. You know, it's just a matter of time before you drop dead. Because what are you going to do? Go to the hospitals in London? Or are you going to come back to L.A.? Mount Sinai, right? That's where they operated on you and saved your life. You ungrateful ingrate. By the way, do you think Ozzy Osbourne is inbred? Never mind being an ingrate. You think he's, uh, you think he's inborn? Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, from there... Let's flip the script and go to Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. She is the governor of the state of New York, remember, not by election, but because a year ago Andrew evilized Cuomo. King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, had to resign as governor perv, even though the more prevailing problem was the death of 16,000 senior citizens to an executive order that he had transferred out of hospitals into long-term care units for senior citizens, spreading the COVID-19 massively amongst the elderly and killing 16,000. You would have thought that would have been first and foremost in the minds of people. It's not. It's the fact that he was the perv governor. Well, Kathy Holcomb taking a page out of Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne who are packing their bags and going back to the U.K. across the pond. She wants five and a half million GOP registered voters in New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn. I happen to be one of them, Lou. She wants us to pack our bags and she wants us to go to DeSantis land Florida, the land of Governor DeSantis. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump 
and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, you don't represent our values. Really? We don't represent your values, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb? You continue to oversee the biggest exodus ever out of the state of New York, and a lot of those people are going to Florida. New York uh, State experienced the largest drop in life expectancy in the entire nation, more so than West Virginia and Arkansas, the hillbillies. And who was that under? That was under you and Cuomo. And we continue to be played by no cash bail, imposed upon us by the Democrats. By the way, 49 other states allow judges uh, in black judicial robes to make the final decision about whether a... um, and uh, a suspect charged is a danger to himself and to everybody else, and that would give them the right to uh, remand them to jail, no bail. But then again, you want us to leave. And by the way, Lou, where does she want us to go? Florida, right? And what was supposed to happen earlier today? It was supposed to be a signal to ground control that Artemis One would be launched... 50 years after we had space flights spiral and spear their way through outer space for moon landings. I think we've had a total of, what is it, about 10, 11? And then all of a sudden we stopped. All of a sudden, I couldn't quite figure it out. July 20th, 1969, Apollo 11. You remember Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon. Although there are still some deniers out there, there are still some Americans, conspiratorialists, who believe that no man, no woman, no non-binary, no uh, person uh, of any background has ever walked on the lunar surface. And that was the whole idea of Artemis One, was to get us back into uh, the race, to once again land on the moon, since nobody else has, only our astronauts, not a cosmonaut. Not anyone from Red China, not anyone from India or Israel or any other country that's in the race to land somebody on the moon. And today, do you know who was down there waiting for the launch at Cape Canaveral? I'll always call it Cape Canaveral. I'll never call it Cape Kennedy. I don't believe in that that propaganda, the age of Camelot. We discovered that the Kennedys, it was like a... an organized crime family when all was said and done, right? Right? Led by the patriarch. The Nazi sympathizer who, as U.S. ambassador to the U.K., had to be recalled by FDR because he was playing footsie with Adolf Hitler before World War II. All right, let me get back on track. You want to call it Cape uh, Kennedy? I call it Cape Canaveral. We were waiting for Nassau's historic reattempt to land on the moon with this initial flight, Artemis One. And who was there waiting for Artemis One to depart? Giggles had returned from Hawaii. That's right, Vice President <laughs> Harris. And, and oh, oh, yeah, by the way, you know who was going to uh, play right before the launch of Artemis One? We didn't want to miss this. Why is this woman always playing, no matter where it is for liberals and progressives and Democrats? The cellist Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma. By the way, was Yo-Yo Ma featured on the MTV Video Music Awards uh, last night with Menage a Trois and with uh, Bad Bunny in Yankee Stadium? What, what was she? Of course not. But all of a sudden, 
Artemis 1 has been canceled as a result of some problems in one of the engines uh, that did not necessarily pass muster. So it will be delayed. And apparently, Boudicier, 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 our transportation uh, secretary, has wanted us to swap out the fuel cells in the engines of Artemis 1 for electric engines provided by who else? Tesla and Elon Musk. Meantime, no humans in this particular flight, after 50 years of not having anybody get back on the moon, we have three mannequins and a plush Snoopy toy, which will ride in the bowels of this, uh, I got it, three mannequins and a, a Snoopy doll? How many millions and billions of dollars ultimately will this cost us? Doesn't strike me as the race for space against the cosmonauts and the Cold War against the Soviet Union. Let me take you on a little bit of a historical tour. 1957, Sputnik, the satellite was launched, and all of a sudden Eisenhower, who would play golf every day as president, decided no more U.S. Air Force in the race for space. We're going to create NASA. And then in 1961, Yuri Gagarin, the cosmonaut was the first to orbit Mother Earth. And then all of a sudden, we had to get our rear in gear. And JFK said, we will be the first to land on the moon. And the first American astronaut to orbit Mother Earth was John Glenn from Ohio. Three times around, 1962. And the race to go to the moon was on. And then you remember that fateful day. July 20th, 1969. What do you remember about 1969, Lou? Of course, the Miracle Mets. The summer of Woodstock. Ted Kennedy, the swimmer at Chappaquiddick, right? Oh, no, no, no. Nobody ever mentions that. And so much more. But it was also the landing of Apollo 11 on the lunar surface and the first walk on the moon by Neil Armstrong. You know what, Lou? We must be in a Mercury retrograde. That's right. I want to do a little Nancy Reagan on you, and I want to consult your astrological charts. Because about 25% of the people on Mother Earth were born during a Mercury retrograde. Remember, before the Apollo 11 landed on the moon and Lance Armstrong walked on the lunar surface, there was the space program Mercury, which was the first human spaceflight program of the USA. In the race for space with the evil empire, not the Boston Red Sox, the Soviet Union. Put a man in orbit and return him safely. That was the goal. But I think, Lou, in analyzing your astrological chart, and I went to a gypsy who reads palms in the streets and then basically does a bait and switch. I think the planet's energy is blocking you externally and everyone else. Looking at your chart... I see immediately that your soul chose to incarnate to learn of the deeper internal lessons regarding the areas of your life ruled by your anus. No, no, no. Not your tuchus. Not your dupa. The planet. Your anus. Anyway, Lou, uh, um, it'll be $10. The uh, gypsy, a.k.a. the Roma person who gave me your astrological chart, is willing to take this on layaway. How the hell did they afford those storefronts all throughout the city, right? With the enormity of the commercial rents, how do gypsies, a.k.a. Roma people, sit in the window with the schmata on their head, 
ready to read the tea leaves, ready to look into the crystal ball, ready to read your palms. I ask you all of that. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. Classic Alan Sherman. I never forget Lou watching the Ed Sullivan show. It was required on Sunday nights in the Sliwa household. Waiting for the appearance of the little Italian mouse, Topo Gigio, who I think appeared like 86 times. But on this particular Sunday night, it was Alan Sherman doing... Uh, the song about summer camp, which actually became top 40 and was played on WABC when we were spinning stacks of wax by Cutting Bruce. It was like number one for a while. Yes. Well, guess what? The reason I'm playing this is not because all the little whippersnappers are back from summer camp, or as they called it, sleepaway camp, as opposed to day camp. But yes... Hell bent on making sure that we have space for all the illegals that are crossing the border from Mexico into Texas each and every day. Being put on Greyhound buses to pound the hound and come to Nueva York with a box lunch, an Obama cell phone, and everything that comes along with a uh, Papa, Papa Chulo Joe Biden uh, swag bag. That's right. The illegals continue to pour into New York City, the Port Authority, every morning. A, a few buses arrived earlier today. And now, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, who has been completely buffaloed and dominated by Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, who's like the cat that swallowed Tweety Bird, he's actually scored a doubleheader. He's got uh, Governor Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb, who welcomes the illegals because she says, oh, they could fill the unemployment gap wrong. And then, of course, Eric Adams, who says, oh, look, what would Jesus do? By the way, he claimed that uh, God is a female. But I digress. Let's get up to snuff on where all these illegals are going to go at us, the taxpayers' expense. Because so far, the only people flipping the script on this are residents of New York City and the five boroughs. We've had no help from Gath, uh, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. She has not committed any money from her overblown state budget. I mean, we're going to take a deep dive fiscally next year. Just listen to a man that you never even knew existed, a state controller, Tom DiNapoli, who said, uh-oh, uh, we're not going to have enough money to run the state next year. So... Uh, so far, Kathy Crime Wave Hoko was welcoming the illegal aliens, but not providing any money. And obviously, uh, Papa Joe Biden, Papa Chulo Joe Biden, who in the campaign against Donald Trump for the presidency, was saying, Andale, Andale, look, uh, who's your daddy? Come to America. If I'm president, I welcome you with open arms. And that was the whole idea. 
of Governor Greg Abbott sending the illegals, pounding the hound to Washington, D.C., until Eric Adams, Len Slice, the uh, house mouse of New York City, decided to do an intervention and say, why should the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C. get all the FaceTime, all the attention? She wants the National Guard to deal with this crisis I'm going to do an intervention, and I'm going to take on Greg Abbott one-on-one, and it's been a disaster ever since. As a result of the incredible number of illegals who are now choosing to come to Nueva York, wouldn't you? You're watching it on Telemundo. You're watching it on Univision, on the Obama phones provided to you at the border by the Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, who's supposed to be protecting us but is actually embracing the illegals and giving them their swag bags on the way to New York as they pound the Greyhound. We are so overloaded that we have leased out to Milford Plaza, 1,300 rooms, 14 other hotels throughout the fine boroughs. And now Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Crime Wave Hochul have appealed to officials in other states and other cities for help housing the immigrants. And guess what? Just like President Joe Biden has not returned the call of the Biden of Brooklyn, Eric Adams on this, other states and other cities are basically saying, you're on your own. What are you, crazy? We got enough problems in our cities. So now what have the uh, Eric Adams administration done? I have purloined the letter that went out to the owners and operators of summer camps who are just about ready to close for the rest of the year, put uh, the summer camp in mothballs until next uh, June when school is completed and the kids are packed up and shipped away because the parents uh, don't want to deal with the Michigashi kids around in the summer. So they send them away to sleepaway camp. And because New York City is claiming it has not enough room to shelter these illegals, this is the letter that I have purloined here, Lou, from New York City's Mayor Eric Adams' Office of uh, Immigrant Services. She is writing to camp owners in both New York, up near Lake George, the Finger Lakes, the Adirondacks, and yes, to New Jersey, out in uh, western New Jersey, Sussex. <laughs> Get this. I'm reaching out today because New York City's Mayor Adams is seeking help solving a housing challenge for families that are coming to New York City from Texas. Mayor Adams has federal support. Wow, I didn't know he has federal support. He's still on his hands and knees begging Papa Chulo Joe Biden as the Biden of Brooklyn and hasn't gotten not a penny of tax dollars at the federal level. So she writes, Mayor Adams has federal support. That's a lie. And money earmarked for this initiative to pay host sites. If you are interested and can house families, please respond to this email. Now... How many owners of camps in New Jersey do you think, Lou, are going to all of a sudden defy Governor Half-in-the-Bag Murphy, who definitely does not want any of these illegals, right? Or he would have opened up the doors, would have said, no, 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 on your way to New York, jump off in Newark, because that's where the Greyhound stops. Next stop is through the Lincoln Tunnel to the Port Authority in New York. No, 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 no. We want you illegals here in New Jersey, not... And how many camp owners in upstate New York along the Finger Lakes and Lake George and in the Adirondacks are going to take up uh, this offer from Mayor Adams because they figure, hey, there's nothing going on during the fall and the winter and early spring. We could get guaranteed sucker tax dollars 
in which the checks don't bounce, stay clear, even though we will be labeled a menace to society from surrounding townships in Orange County, in Dutchess, way up there in the Adirondacks around Lake George and, of course, the Finger Lakes. So stay, stay tuned for more of that. In fact, on Friday morning, there was a major demonstration on the front steps of City Hall by immigrant advocacy groups. So who the hell are these people? They want $40 million more, they claim, to help asylum seekers. Meantime, the New York Post has estimated it's going to cost us sucker taxpayers in New York City $300 million annually to house these uh, illegal aliens in hotels and maybe in summer camps if, in fact, there are any summer camp owners and operators who want to take the money and run. And then this story really defies logic. In a city, Lou, where there are more New York City residents who speak Spanish and English, right? Do I have to go through the neighborhoods where English is not even a second language? Some of the illegal Venezuelan members who have been brought here to New York at taxpayers' expense are complaining that they don't have translation services and that people in the city administration don't understand them because the only language they speak is the language of Chavez, of Maduro, in Venezuela, Spanish. If there's one thing we can provide you in New York City, it's translation services when it comes to speaking Spanish. How ridiculous is that? You know what? If you don't like it here, if you're complaining about the shelter we're offering you, the Milford Plaza... Forty nine fifty ahead every day. You get a champagne uh, breakfast. You know, you get lunch, you get dinner. And, by the way, you get to stay right in the heart of the Great White Way Broadway. Meantime, uh, who was out there at the Bully Pulpy yesterday? You, Lou, uh, you who were baptized a Catholic, but like me, are probably an A.M.P. Catholic. Hashes on Wednesday, palms on Sunday. You don't see us for a month of Sundays. Cardinal Dolan took to the bully pulpit at St. Patrick's Cathedral yesterday for the high noon mass. And once again, he said, we love the illegal aliens. We welcome the illegal aliens. I want you Catholics in the archdiocese to do similarly. Expect, except that New York Catholic Charities has no more money. We need money from the federal government. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Now, Lou, do you think that Cardinal Dolan would be a little upset that six hours later there was a shootout right near the steps of St. Patrick's Cathedral? Two groups of people yesterday, Sunday night. In fact, make it at about 5 o'clock. So five hours after he gave his uh, Cardinal's uh, decree uh, for the noon mass, guys were sitting under a scaffold. On East 50th Street near Madison Avenue. You know, the scaffolds everywhere. Uh, there's no reason for all these scaffolds. Our city has become blinded with all these scaffolds. Only put up because these landlords don't want to do the required fixing of the outward facade of these buildings and the roof of these buildings. So they just put up a scaffold and they buy time. Cheaper to put a, cheaper to put up a scaffold than actually do the repair work. And it is a city, a minefield of scaffolds everywhere in which a lot of criminals prey on victims because they're out of sight, out of mind, and especially at night. So two groups of guys are playing three-card Monty. Three-card Monty in the shadow of St. Patrick's yesterday, 5 o'clock. A lot of people on Fifth Avenue. 
One of the guys is wearing a gold chain necklace. He loses in three-card molly. He gets angry. He walks over to a, a black Beamer, a BMW, grabs a gun from inside and lets off a single shot instead of forking over the bling bling. He shatters the window of a nearby red Benz, Mercedes Benz. And everybody, all the tourists, the shoppers, the curiosity seekers just walking around, looking at St. Patrick's Cathedral, uh, the committed uh, Roman Catholics who uh, just want to go in there and say a prayer because they're right at St. Patrick's Cathedral. They're running for the life. The guy starts running, and then everybody is chasing each other down the block. These are the three-card monarchy guys. They continue the battle down the block. They jump into their cars, one into a Beamer, the other into a Benz. A Beamer, a BMW for those non-cognoscente, Lou, and the Benz, the Mercedes. They, they pull into a nearby parking garage, and they all get out, and they start beating up on each other. It's like, it's like Fight Club, right? All of a sudden, bam, bam, they're fighting, and nobody's intervening, no cops around. This is within a half block of St. Patrick's Cathedral. Hey, I thought police were assigned there. As a result of the uh, uh, the Roe v. Wade being repealed and the threats of the uh, pro-choice people, the radical pro-choice people, possibly wanting to storm the Bastille, in this case, St. Patrick's Cathedral, the home of Cardinal Dolan, who obviously represents many pro-life people here in New York City. So they're always supposed to be members of the NYPD there. Well, guess what? Nobody responded. These guys got away. No arrests made. And I hearken you back to when I told you what had happened on July 9th at 6 in the morning. There was a drive-by shooting right outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral. Three rounds were fired in a bold daylight drive-by. No arrests were ever made. No follow-up ever made. And then when you look at a series of crimes that have been taking place, the New York City woman who uh, these moped-riding thieves wanted to uh, rob, and she resisted right outside the Guggenheim. And then you saw the situation involving an elderly 74-year-old woman, 52nd in Madison, getting cold-cocked, knocked out by a black female who still hasn't been arrested, just a block from St. Patrick's Cathedral. And then, of course, a crook who was described as a man in his 20s who was 5'7", 160 pounds, last seen wearing a black TLC T-shirt, black Nike basketball shorts, white socks and black sandals, robbing a guy in a wheelchair on a Staten Island MTA bus. They have an incomplete description of him, Lou, except the color of his skin. But where was Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan yesterday? Instead of dealing with his crime crisis, he was saying, we want to find the person responsible, not for any of these crimes, but for besmirching and vandalizing the mural of Biggie Smalls in downtown Brooklyn. Why? Because he's recently been anointed the hip-hop mayor. Don't disconnect this moment. That's right. First time in New York City history. We have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. (laughs) Man, they don't know what they did. Yeah, they... All you suckers out there don't know what you do. 
you crackers out there who believe that this guy was going to be the law and order mayor. It's worse than it was with de Blasio. And by the way, the morale of the NYPD at an all-time low. An executive order issued by the Missing in Action Police Commissioner appointed by Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, Sewell, who has not been seen, apparently has handed in her papers. She will be officially doing it October 1st and be out the door one police plaza on January 1st because she can't do anything as police commissioner and she knows nothing about the NYPD. But she did write that executive order that said that cops standing and congregating had better not ignore Mayor Eric Adams, who said there's a no congregating order. You don't talk with one another. You separate from one another. And if the white shirts, the commanders, don't pay attention to this, all hell will follow. Well, guess what? None of the cops listen. Their morale is so low. And by the way, there'll be so few cops uh, uh, in the next few months because of early retirements, normal retirements, and people basically quitting to get jobs in other police departments because they're being recruited, that there'll be nobody congregating in a blue uniform. In the meantime, what is Eric Adams' answer to this, Lou, in this crime crisis? He's taking 77 NYPD plant managers out of the precincts, putting them back in their blue uniforms and saying, you're going to bust your shoes, patrolling the projects, the subways, and the streets. Yeah, that's going to make a big difference. By the way, Eric Adams at a very serious press conference on Friday said the following that people are still scratching their heads trying to figure out. I, I would tell you I met a shorty there, but I can't say that on TV. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but so, and you're right. Yeah, he's laughing at all of us, Lou. He's laughing at all of us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Classic. Lua. As we are rolling through our Major League Baseball season, on our way to the playoffs and World Series, I predict neither of the New York teams will be in the World Series. Neither, I know. Look, I, sorry. Got to be honest with you. As long as Aaron Boone is manager of the Yankees, we'll never be in a World Series. Put that aside. Over the weekend, $12.5 million was spent by a collector slash investor for the Mickey Mantle baseball card from 1952, rookie card, widely regarded as one of just a handful of the baseball legends in near perfect condition. Twelve and a half million dollars. So everybody is saying to themselves, Lou, 1952, oh yeah, yeah, Mantle's rookie season. Well, technically yes, but in reality, no. 
Because if you're a tried and true Yankee fan, as I have been, although less and less so, you cut my veins and arteries, I bleed Yankee pinstripes. Mickey Mantle actually came up in 1951. And in fact, he was given number six, which eventually was worn by third baseman Cleet Boyer, brother of Ken Boyer, who beat us in 64 as the MVP of the St. Louis Cardinals at third base, I might add. But anyway, I digress. So 1951, he comes up, Lou, and he is going to be next in the line of the great Yankees. There was number three, Babe Ruth, number four, Lou Gehrig, number five, Joe DiMaggio, and number six was Mickey Mantle. That was his first number. But he got a real slow start, and the ownership and management sent him back down to the minor leagues, only to return for the World Series in 1951, in which... DiMaggio, obviously, the Clipper playing center field, and Mickey Mantle playing right field. It was game two of 1951, the World Series against who? Their uh, crosstown rival from the National League across the Harlem River. All you had to do is walk across the bridge from the Bronx to uh, to Manhattan. And the polo grounds, right? And it was uh, to say, hey, kid, Willie Mays. Except this game, second game in 1951, was at Yankee Stadium World Series. And meantime, both DiMaggio and Senna and Mickey Mantle were chasing a fly ball hit by who? The Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Right on the warning track, DiMaggio catches it, but Mickey Mantle's spikes get caught in a drainpipe covering, and he tears up his knee. That's 1951. And then became the legacy of Ace Bandages, Whirlpools, and Whiskey. That's right. He'd be in the whirlpool drinking whiskey, claiming, oh, the pain, the pain in my knee. And let's face it, 1951, when you blew out your knee, there really weren't many remedies. So from that day on, initially, people don't realize, but New York Yankee fans booed, booed Mickey Mantle because they didn't want him to replace Joe DiMaggio in their minds. Then take it up to 1961, he's in the home run contest. To uh, lead the American League as the Yanks are cruising to another division title in the World Series. But it's Roger Maris, who's batting third, Mickey Mantle fourth. They're back and back, neck and neck. Mickey ends up injuring his knee again. It's 54 home runs that year. Uh, Maris breaks uh, the Babe Ruth record, hits 61, and you know the rest of that story. Yankee fans were booing Roger Maris. This was in complete reverse because they loved Mickey Mantle. Well, I remember I would have Mickey Mantle, Topps baseball cards, Willie Mays, Topps baseball cards, and other other young kids in Canarsie would have Topps baseball cards. By the way, they make the Topps baseball cards right in that factory that you see as you're coming off the New Jersey Turnpike and ready to enter the Holland Tunnel. The men and women who make them there, they get searched. They have to take all their clothes off on their way home to make sure they're not purloining any of the Topps baseball cards. Anyway, so I'm playing flipsies and topsies with baseball cards, and I'm always looking for someone who is not a cognoscente who's going to start flipping cards. You know, heads, you flip a heads. I flip a heads, I take your card. Uh, Topsy, well, you throw him up against the side of a building. If I can top out on you, I take your card. And then all of a sudden, you would get some young kid who just got some Topps baseball cards, and he wants to compete with us. So he's playing flipsies and topsies. His name was Sam Liebman. 
He lived right there on Remsen Avenue, about a year or two younger than me. And I cleared him out of his Willie Mays and his Mickey Mantle cards playing topsies and flipsies. And actually, he was crying, Lou. He was crying. So what did Curtis Lee would do? I said, kid, it's just an exhibition. It's spring training. Here. Here's your Mickey Mantle cards back. Here's your Willie Mays cards back. That was the right thing to do. Some Somebody else would have said, hey, grow up. Stop. There's no crying in baseball and flipping baseball cards, whether it's flipsies or topsies. And think how many of you had boxes, shoe boxes full of baseball cards, and they either got thrown away, tossed away, or you wrote on them like I did when the guy was traded to another team. Hey, they're gone. 